Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. And welcome into the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us again today. And full disclosure, a little bit of microphone issues, so we had to go old school. We had to go with the, the headset and kind of look like a professional broadcaster. So you might, if you're watching this on YouTube, you might think that Randy and I, my guest, Randy Chafee, you might think that Randy and I are getting ready to call a ball game or something like that. We're not going to do that. We're going to stick to the Intentional Encourager podcast because that's why you've tuned in today. And I've got a guy in Randy Chafee. He does a weekly live stream and video podcast called Building Wins Live. It's industry and sales oriented. And he's a relationship builder. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about being a road warrior, which I know something. I know a lot about being a road warrior myself. We're going to dive into some great encouraging conversation with my guest, Randy Chafee. Joining me on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Randy, how are you doing today? Brian, my friend, I'm doing well. And yourself? You know what? I'm just sitting here taking it all in. Just just locked and loaded for, for another episode. You, listen, I, I've done about 205 of these as we record this, this Intentional Encourager podcast. So I just kind of lock in and settle in and, and just hope I don't take our conversation careening off the cliff somewhere. You know, I, I just hope we can, we can stay on track, but no, this is going to be a great conversation. Been looking forward to it. So let's start here. You and I were talking before we started recording about the life of a road warrior and, and how COVID impacted that. I did, I traveled for my job before COVID hit. In fact, I, I was in Roanoke, Virginia, that was the last place that I traveled before the pandemic hit. And I remember getting an email saying, hey, we're not going back out on the road on Monday. And so I, I remember what that was like, you know, and Randy, I've said this. I believe for our generation, and you and I are not that, that far off in age, for our generation, a seminal moment was 9-11. Right. My son, who's 21, his seminal moment is probably going to be COVID-19, you know, kind of like where you were at when the world stopped. Take me through the last 20, 21 months or so as you kind of think back through what you've had to, how you've had to adjust, what you've had to adjust to, and what's the biggest lesson that you've taken away from the last 20 or 21 months that you'll carry forward after this is over? Great question, and, and and I'm glad we're going to talk about this, Brian, because I can remember exactly, exactly, just like with 9-11, I remember exactly who I was with. I was with the vice president of sales and marketing for a manufacturer. I remember setting the car. I remember when we looked at each other and go, oh, boy, the world just changed, right? And I remember that same thing with, with the whole COVID thing. It was March 15, 16, 17. I, the date is, is irrelevant, but. I had went to Tulsa, Oklahoma, where one of my manufacturers is located, and a bunch of us came into town for a meeting, and there was an option to maybe not do this meeting, but we're all road warriors, right? Oh, no, let's go, because that's what we do, right? And we get there, and the, meeting, the meeting's over, and I remember the world seems to be imploding in front of us, right? Mm -hmm. and, and it's funny, I get to the airport, Tulsa airport, and you probably flew out of Tulsa before, it's... It's not big, but it's not small. It's just a medium-sized airport. There's zero people checking in. And I start walking down the corridor, and I'm going, I try to, I, I, I try to, one of the other things that I do and talk about a lot is try to live a, a fit, healthy lifestyle. And so, I mean, I'm not perfect by any means, but I, I try to take care of myself. And, and I'm walking down the, the concourse, and I'm going, I think we've had a case of invasion of the body snatchers, and I didn't make the cut because there is, literally nobody in the airport i'm watching tv i'm going this thing is not good and what am i going to do and so brian i i had two flights uh tulsa to atlanta atlanta into uh, fort myers florida and uh i started making notes i didn't know what i was going to do with them yet but i started making notes of how am i going to address this 
if you remember back in the day, this two weeks, right, or three weeks or whatever that that was at the time, and uh, and, and it scared me because this is not me. I mean, I'm a relationships guy. I'm a I'm a bro hug, coffee and donuts, pizza and and and, and pop at lunch, a, a burger and a brew in the evening. Yes. I mean, Brad Handen and 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 that's that's my that's my thing. So it's funny is I started making notes. Then I started watching podcasts. I started reading books about how to 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 become more virtual because I'm not going to be able to travel for a while. Did I think it was going to be my idea what a while was? I think all of us was not the same as it turned out being. But and so as I got started with that, uh, I started going. You know, this kind of works. I I kind of like this whole virtual thing. I started doing text videos. I started doing email videos and started guesting on shows like yours. And then I decided to have my own show because it'll be a way to be in front of my customer when I'm not, right? Well, and uh, and the great thing about, and I love what you said there because I I was thinking back as you were talking, I was thinking back, I got an email once from from a boss of mine. I was a manufacturer rep like, like you were. Now, I'll never forget, I got an email from my boss one day. He said, I want to see more entertainment on your expense report. Mm-hmm. You need to be taking more customers out to lunch. You need to be taking more customers out to dinner. It was the first and only time I've ever had that happen because, to your point, Randy, that was the way, as a manufacturer's rep, you did business. Um, in the industry I was in, I was in the heavy-duty trucking industry, you know, I would identify, I would start to make my plan to go on the road and I would identify, you know, hey, I'm going to be on the road four days. I'm going to be in these areas. I'm going to take these four parts managers to lunch. And if I can get a dinner lined up with a distrib- wholesale distributor or two, I'll, I'll, I'll take a couple people to dinner and, and do that stuff. And all of it, and, and of course now it's been several years since I've been away from it, but, but I, I was kind of, as you were talking, I was really kind of putting myself in that, in that moment going, okay, how do you do business when the, when business is not done normally? And I love how you attacked that and went that way. How long did it take you to kind of get that structure and things set up? Because you know, I, I had to think, and, 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 and forgive me for the long-winded question, but okay. I, I was thinking about how my son did did classes at Marshall University where he goes to school. The university shut down for two weeks because they had never done that model before, and they had to figure it out. Mm-hmm. They had to take two full weeks to get the professors in line, to get the technology in line, to get everything in line so they could deliver they could continue to deliver that online experience. How long did it take you to really get your infrastructure set up to be able to start to serve your customers in close to the same way you had been serving them before face-to-face? Uh, well, the this seminal moment, as we talked about, was about March, the second week of March, let's say. Uh, I did my first uh, Building Wins Live show January 2nd, 3rd, 4th, somewhere in there. I'm coming up on the first year with it. So, so uh, you know that that's the time frame. Uh, it, it it took a bit of time. I did a lot of other. I was doing a lot of virtual stuff prior to that, uh, but uh, it, it didn't take me long because I love my customers. I, I refer to them typically as customer friends because, uh, as I'm sure you have developed over the years, I've went to weddings, funerals, school graduations, those kind of things, right? So these people, I could not. Uh, in the nature of my business, be away from them. But more importantly to me personally, Brian, is I didn't want to be. Because yeah, yeah. these people are not just customers. They're just not just a paycheck, if you will. They're, they're friends, they're pals, they're buddies. And so it, it, it took a – I remember the first live show that I guested on. And I, I, I don't ever go back and look at it because I probably really sucked. Because, <laughs> you know – don't feel bad, man. I, I I look at the first intentional encourager podcast, and I was going, man, my my setup was junk, my my video was junk, my audio was junk. Oh man. So yeah, yeah I, I you feel know, you, Randy. It, it, but you know, as I tell people, there's always only that first time, right? You got to go on that. It's like 
bringing it back personal and 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 you're a single guy and you see that that girl at the counter someplace and you go, yeah, I just I want I want I think I want to know her. You got to make that first conversation, right? You got to have that first date because there's never going you, you just got to get through it. Randy, I've always said I've been married 25 years. I've always said, listen, if I could go back in the time machine, I would go back 25 years ago. And I would probably put myself in a sleeper hold and go, listen, you and I are going to have a serious conversation because you're, you're a putz as, as, as you know, you're going to get way better. But right now at 24, you have no flipping clue what you're about to do or how you're about to do it. Yeah. I've always said, if I could go back in a time machine, man, I, I would, I'd probably get in a fight with myself because I would want to kick my own butt because of, of what I didn't know. But, but let's go there for a second because relationship building is so key it, it is and, and i said that i talked about this in my book people buy from people that you know people buy connection before they ever make a transaction and and here you are so so intentionally focused on being in front of your customers delivering knowledge delivering relationship delivering good solid information and now you have to go virtually I asked you a minute ago about how the infrastructure was built. Now I want to ask you what reception you got from the people that you had normally been seeing and talking to face to face, because again, you know, when you're so, when you're so interpersonally wired, there's something that that it's almost lost in translation. A lot of times when you can't be that, in front of those people like you were take me through what the the reaction you got from those people as you were doing things virtually as you were still trying to connect with your customer friends and i love that what you mentioned but what what kind of reception did you get and and what were you hearing from those folks on the other end you know that's a great question because i wondered when i started this what the exactly that that question went through my mind brian and i was amazed at the the reception and and a big part of it was this they'd never seen it before they'd never had it before uh they didn't have somebody sending them a video text they didn't have them sending like i remember one time i'm gonna grab a i'll just grab this i remember one time i one of the first things i did is i did a quote and i'm still learning i'm adapting trying to figure this out because i don't know what i'm doing and because there's no book there are books that became written very shortly after. Hey, don't feel bad. I'm still trying to figure out how to podcast after 200 episodes. (laughs) Me me as well. Me as well. Yeah. But so I I had this customer up in, uh, in uh, New Hampshire, did a quote for him on fasteners, right? It was one of my my big product lines. So I took and set up my little camera and I turned on a couple lights and tried to do it. At that point, I didn't have near what I have now, but so I had a picture of the, or printed off the, the uh, quote, right? So I did this hit record, and I said, uh, hey, Lisa, it's Randy with ST Fastening System. Hope well, everything's well. I've got your uh, quote attached, but right here's a copy. Right here, uh, line seven is the major product that you're going to be looking at, what we talked about. It's right here, line seven. If you have any questions, give me a call. Look forward to chatting with you, yada, 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 whatever else I might have just off the cuff said. And boom, and, and there's two things. That one, 20 minutes later, max. I loved it. I love that. Thank you. That Nobody's ever done that. And so I, that started to be going, okay, if nobody else is doing it, that's kind of a good thing, right? We want to set ourselves yeah. apart. And I, I remember I, I sat with, my, with my, my ever popular iPhone one day, and I went to pick up some, uh, some lunch at a local little uh, watering hole that, I frequented in, in Michigan when we we're up there and uh, for, for my wife and I, cause she runs my office. And uh, so I went to get a business lunch and uh, I'm sitting there and this friend of mine in Montana, I happen to know that he likes Cabernet as well as I do. So I'm sitting there and I have a, a glass of Cabernet. And, uh, and so I just struck me and this is about engagement, which maybe we can chat about a little bit. My, my theory, cause I love engagement. I love that theory. But anyway, so I take a picture, I take a video of the glass and then I turn and I hit the button to, to come back on me and I did never said a word. 
I simply go, I love you. And I never said a word. This is a good buddy of mine. He's well younger. I've, and, 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 and that's all I did. He sent to a text. He, he sent me a text in like two minutes. Dude, I've never seen something like that. That is just amazing. Thank you. Uh, so that really, and my point of all that is that convinced me that this is one, something that not everybody's doing. And I was also convinced that probably, because we, and we can talk about the old normal, new normal, because that's something that's, that I have an interest in also, if you want, but many people are going to go back to the old, the second, they don't have to do this new thing again. Right. And in, 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 in my opinion, that's a big mistake. Well, I, I would say this, Randy. I would say it is, but it isn't. Because I, I, I believe that we've got to start doing some normal things normally again. You know, again, if you do what you – and, and, and I, I see where you're going. If you do what you've always done, you're going to get what you've always got. And, and I agree with that. I think we can we can make it a hybrid, blend well, blend the model to so to speak. Because I, I believe this. I believe that the way we engage and 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 we after we get back from break, we will dive into engagement. I I I, I want to go there with you. I believe we've got to do some things that we've done before that are tried and true. Oh, because here's the thing. I, I think we've gotten to the point to where we've kind of dumbed our society down because of social media. Mm -hmm. You know, our kids don't know how to have conversations because all their conversations are text messages. Right. You know, they, and I'll tell my son quite a bit. I'll say, son, pick up the phone and call somebody. What, what my dad would say to me, exactly the way my dad would say to me, pick up the phone and call somebody. And so, you know, again, I love what you, you, you're talking about there because I, I think there's a way that we can bring some of those good old fashioned and, and you talk about that growing up in, and we'll get to your story, which is, which is great, but there's some, there's some things we can take from our parents and grandparents that we should, that, that certainly we can bring into this new normal. Right. And really make it tremendously powerful. Let's step aside, take a break. We okay. come back. I want to dive deeper into engagement. It's something that I, I'm purposeful about. I know Randy's purposeful about. And then later, you, you're going to want to hear Randy's story about growing up in Michigan. And and, and I, I'm going to tease it. I'm not going to give it away. You got to stick around because it's, it's a neat story. My guest, Randy Chafee, joining me on the Intentional Encourager podcast back in just a moment. Hey, everybody, Brian Sexton here. I want to tell you about our sponsor, SEO National. SEO stands for Search Engine Optimization. Now, what's that, you might say? Well, Search Engine Optimization helps you show up higher on search engines in front of paying customers for words that you as a business owner can monetize. What a great concept. SEO National is owned by my good buddy, Damon Burton, who's been a guest here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Not only has Damon and his team worked with businesses of all sizes, from e-commerce startups to NBA teams and Shark Tank featured businesses, but more importantly, Damon and his team are about transparency, trust, and providing lifetime value. So much so that he still has his first customers after opening SEO National 14 years ago. Let me give you some intentional encouragement and call Damon and his team today at 855-736-6285 or go to www.seonational.com and get a free quote. Randy, we were talking before the break about engagement. And this is one of my favorite topics because, you know, as I said in my book, people buy engagement. You know, they want to be connected with other people. And, and the analogy that I used, and we, we use an analogy that, that fits in your industry, but for my old industry, the way a car starts is a starter engages with the flywheel and the motor turns over. In your business, the fastener engages with something that holds that, 
that building together or holds that piece together. The fastener is so important in the engagement of two pieces together. If I understand building materials and building supplies correctly. So what you do is extremely important because you have to have in building, you have to have the engagement of hammer to nail, nail to wood, you know, foundation to, to structure. I mean, there's so many things where engagement with two opposite pieces coming together is so critically important. So what was the biggest thing that you learned about engagement during this time of, of being away and doing some different things? Well, I'm going to use another word with that, which is adapting, is I adapted very well. Some people haven't, unfortunately. Some people adapted probably better than I. But it really wasn't a, a time of adaption to be an adapter. And what I found about engagement, uh, Brian, is that it's always been it's easy to be an engager if you have a personality like yourself and myself who just generally love people and we refer to them as customer friends as we talked about earlier um i, I just go call on i sometimes i think it's almost unfair how much i love what i do out on the road because i'm just calling on friends new friends yeah. old yeah. friends kids of of friends you know whatever the case may be but it's I work a lot of hours, yeah. but I don't work at all, right? I don't work at all, but I work a lot of hours because work is always like a four-letter word, right? It's a bad word, and, and it shouldn't be, but it, but it's kind of become that way. Well, uh, we, we have taken work, and let me jump in here, and not to get political, but in the last year or so, we pay people not to work. Our government paid people not to work. And that is so foreign to me the way that I grew up because my dad would always say, look, when, when, you know, we were, let me go here for just a second, if you don't mind. Absolutely. I was talking to my wife about being a self-starter and, 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 you know, my dad ingrained that in me from the time I was a teenager to be a self-starter. You know, I'm not going to tell you when you got to go to work. I'm not going to tell you when you've got to go to school to, to go to college. And as I've gotten older, that philosophy just becomes more dear to me of, I don't need anybody to tell me to go to work, you know, and do that. But, but here in the last year or so, we paid people not to work, which was so foreign to me, Randy. And, and again, I'm not trying to be political. It was just so foreign to the way that I was brought up that if someone hires you to do a job, and you work for a company or you work for yourself, do the very best you can, give give your best, be engaging. You know, customers don't care that you've had a bad day. Customers don't care that you're right. tired, that you've, oh, you know, I've drove 600 miles to see you. They don't care. Right. You know, you, you better walk in the, you know, the, from the minute you better walk in the door, the first thing you need to do is change your face, put a exactly. smile on and things like that. When you talk about loving people well, I share with us an example. I've got I've got a lot, you've got a lot. Is there a particular example that comes to mind of a customer that became an incredible friend? And here's why I'm going here for some of you that that own small businesses, your salespeople out there and and this is really powerful encouragement, how the impact that you make on somebody that you have a business relationship can go much deeper than business. It's the business of people, really, is what it is. It is. It is. I do have a story, Brian, and it's, it, I, I actually I, I talked to somebody else today about this exact story. It uh, goes back probably 10 years ago, maybe a little longer, 12 great customers of mine in Ohio. Uh, they buy everything. I, I'm an independent rep, so I rep many manufacturers. They buy if I sell it, they buy it. Yeah, yeah. And we've got a great relationship. And one Saturday evening, the phone rings from Josh, which is my customer, one of the brothers. My first thought was, he never calls on Saturday ever, especially Saturday night. My first thought was, I hope something's not wrong, right? Because he would call me if there's something. That, that's how good of friends we were. I answered the phone. I said, hey, Josh. And he goes, oh, no, this is Dustin. I said, it's his son. And I do a lot with, the, with Mennonite and Amish community also. And they do go through eighth grade in school. 
And so I, he, I go, everything good? And he goes, oh, yeah, everything's good. And I said, good. That, I was a little worried. And he goes, we're chit-chatting. I finally said, Dustin, did you have something you wanted to ask me? He goes, well, kind of. He says, I know you're probably busy. I said, do you want to ask me something, Dustin? And he goes, well, he says, I graduate from eighth grade from school at our church school next week. I said, what day and what time? And he told me, and I said, I'll be there. And he goes, oh, that's awesome. I appreciate it. I know I appreciate you asking me, right? I hang up the phone, and, and, and I remember my wife, who runs my office, she's been with me for a long, long time, says, you never checked your calendar on your phone. I said, of course I didn't. That is a whatever I have, I will change. Because when, when you develop relationships where your customer's eighth-grade son calls and says, would you come to my school graduation? Wow, wow. I don't care what I had. It doesn't matter. It's getting canceled. Does that, does that make sense? And, that makes perfect sense. And so I didn't have to look because it was like, I just love these. I already knew I love these people, but now I like, I don't doubly love them. Right. I mean, this is, this is a big deal. And, uh, I never had a better night in my life in the world of sales and it had nothing to do with sales. Right. Because I think you will agree with me. Uh, you really start selling when you stop selling. Right. I, I don't sell anybody anything. You know, I just assist a lot of people in getting what they want or need. That's sort of a, you said you're friends with Tom Ziegler. That's a zig, that's a little yeah, bit of an yeah. offtake of a, of a. Of yeah. A Tom's been on the intentional encourager podcast and, and shared his story. And, and, you know, again, you, 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 you so perfectly nailed it, Randy. And, and listen, it is, it is so cool when you have that relationship and, and you, you just take it offline and, um, I still keep in touch with folks that I haven't sold anything to in six, seven, eight years, sure. longer than that, you know, in some cases. And you just, you, you just find that, that, that friendship and that, that spark and that, I, I want to go here for a minute. You, you've really, you've really triggered something because I want to be intentional and in encouraging people. That, that, again, as I mentioned a moment ago, that own a small business, that, that are salespeople and things like that, that say, I don't have time to engage because I'm doing all of this, this other stuff. So let's dive here for a second, Randy. Okay. How important is engaging with your people internally? Because we think that engagement a lot of times, and, and, and I made this mistake early on in my selling career. I treated my external customers more importantly than I treated my internal customers, the people that were helping me in my company. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it took me a little bit and I had to have that shift that if I was gonna truly be consistent, I had to treat internal and external customers the same way because both were affecting my paycheck. Both needed the, the same amount of attention. So let's focus there for a minute. How important is it to engage internal customers just as well and love on them as well as you do external customers? Well, I don't think you can, and I think you just touched on it well, Brian. I don't think you can make it. You can't, you can't have a separation there. I think we're all people dealing with people. And so a customer service person that I work for at, with, you know, that I work with at one of my manufacturers and my engagement with them has to be every bit as much as with this customer that's buying $700,000 a year from me. It has to be the same. It, it, because it, once you start making those differentiations, that's a big word for me. Um, you, that, that now you start well, try living in West Virginia. We're, we're just now getting the vocabulary down, you know? <laughs> but, well, yeah, I, I grew up in mid-Michigan, so I, I, I just did a post earlier this week about uh, washing your clothes because, it, you know, somebody said you wash them, and I said, no, you, there's an A in there. It's, a, there's a, it's wash, W-A-R-S-H. It's Washington, D.C. Come on. Yeah. But anyway. And if you don't get that, you're wrong, in my opinion. But anyway. Uh, well, listen, it's a, it's a great time to be from the state of Michigan because as, as we record this, the Michigan Wolverines are, are a part of the college football playoff. You know and, it, buddy. And, and, blue, baby. and, and I, I got to think that, that the, the, the pandemonium across the state of Michigan is at a fever pitch right now because not only did and, – and, and, again, forgive me for those of you that are Ohio State Buckeyes fans out there, uh, Michigan 
put the wood to them in, in, yes, the, in, the, in, the, in the game this year. And Michigan is playing the Georgia Bulldogs in the college football playoffs. So, yeah, you, you have every – this is your month, my man. You have every right, you know, and, and you and, and your fellow Michiganders, that you know, whether you're a native or you live there, you guys have every right to celebrate because uh, it could be a magical year for, for the state of Michigan. It could be. It could be. It's fun right now. It's, it's fun to see it, especially, you know, having followed that Michigan-Ohio State rivalry forever. It, it, it's I hope it's back to where it should be for the yeah, rival yeah. for the D game right which is we had those years of the Cooper years when Ohio State it was an automatic win for Michigan right automatic for years then we went the other way and we really need to get back to a perfect scenario I was talking to a couple buddies the other day that in a 10-year span it's both of us are are in the top five every game at the end of the year when we play each other yeah and yeah. one of us is playing for the playoffs and the other isn't and 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 that that's what makes that game so spectacular but we've got away from that first many years ago under cooper when we automatically won every game that the last several years where they automatically won every game i'm hoping we get back to where even though i'd still like to win every game at the at the end of the day it's that it's that anticipation of a great game right Right. But, uh, right. but yeah, so so thanks for bragging on my work. I don't have a dog in that hunt. I went to Marshall, so I don't have a dog in that hunt. And I think at some point, Randy, you're going to see a Michigan-Ohio State National Championship game. Now, that would be that would incredible be. theater. But but you, look, let's, let's go there a second. And I love where this conversation is going. There's a lot of things that we can draw from in sales and relationship building and, 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 and treating internal customers well. There's a lot of correlations between sports and those business principles that we've been talking about. When you think about what Coach Harbaugh has, what Jim Harbaugh has done there at Michigan, and, and, and you followed that team for a long time, what analogies do you see that he's done at Michigan since he's been there that that are direct correlation to what you do in sales or, or customer engagement. Uh, where, where are some correlations that you, you can draw from in that in that parallel? Am well, I making really, am I making sense there? Am I am you I are. You, yeah. you are and as guys, especially even though there's a lot of women that love sports too, so I don't want to be sexist with this statement, but guys, we love to turn business talk from a sports analogy, right? Um, I think the biggest thing is Harbaugh suffered a lot of just been smacked in the head for the last several years. I mean, everybody wanted him fired. Everybody hated him. He wasn't the Jim Harbaugh we thought. He wasn't because Michigan is one of those traditional uh, programs that uh, 10 and 2, you suck, right? I mean, that's just not acceptable. You know, you've you got to be 12 and 0. you got to beat Ohio State. you got to beat Michigan State or you're nothing. And He's had a decent record ever since he's been there. We just couldn't win the couple games that the fan base and the alumni expected. But he didn't – he still did it his way. He knew he had a mission, and he knew what that mission was. He developed the type of players and the type of offense and the type of defense and the type of coaching staff. And, and like with his coaching staff now, I can tell you, you're a sports guy, they're all young guys. Yeah, They're all yeah. young, I think – 40s the oldest, and, and I, McDonald, our defensive coordinator, is 34 years old, uh, and an NFL guy. I mean, he's got these young guys that I think correlate better with the kids. You know, I mean, a guy my age, these these kids are. I got grandkids that age, right? Well, he had an old school guy like that as his defensive yeah. coordinator for a long yeah, time, Don named Brown. Don Brown. Yeah, Don yeah. Brown was. Was I mean very talented guy, but and we talked earlier about bringing some of those. You know, it wasn't that Don Brown was a bad coach. No, not at all. It, it, there was just a better fit there, and I love where you. I, I love what you were talking about. About a lot of people think if you don't have a top ten recruiting class, or you don't have uh, the 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 five star quarterback, I think a lot of people fall in love with the five-star quarterback just as in sales they fall in love with the million dollar customer right and understanding sometimes that that million dollar customer may not be a great fit for your business because of all the things they demand i, I saw a story this week 
where a young where a young man that committed to Ohio State from the state of Texas yep. he signed he, he 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 classed up early and so in other words he was supposed to graduate high school in 2022 he he had enough credits to to graduate in 2021 so he reclassified to the class of 2021 so he could play college football and he comes to Ohio State he takes two snaps and he says oh, I'm going to transfer very similar to what we face in sales. If the customer doesn't think their experience with us was what they thought it would be, or maybe what we, you know, what they were promised or what they expected, it's like, okay, I'm going to transfer. I'm going to hit the transfer right. portal. And, and, and some customers are not for us. And, and I love where you, what you were talking about, about the vision and the plan and the just staying with, okay, this is what this is what we do best. Jim Harbaugh doesn't doesn't run the spread well. That's not his forte. Right. Jim Harbaugh knows how to get you to the NFL. If you want to get to the NFL, exactly. Jim Harbaugh can help you to get to the NFL. And I love that that he did not, when things got bad, Randy. He didn't say, let's just blow this up because a lot of sales orgs will do that. They'll go through two or three down years and they'll blow it up and they'll say, well, we got to start over. We've got to do this and that. What I know there's one other thing that you've seen out of that Michigan program that really correlates. I, I just kind of feel that. I, I feel like there's one more thing that, that one other piece of conversation we can pull out of this before we take a break. What, well, what else have you seen? What I've saw is there's sometimes, and I think sports programs do this, and I think sales organizations can do this sometimes, whether it's with a salesman, whether it's with a sales manager, a VP of this or that or whatever. And kind of what you, a little a segue to what you just said, as soon as it's not working, we'll, we'll get a new sales guy. We'll get a new sales manager. We'll change the plan. We'll change this. We'll change the goal. We'll change, we'll change, we'll change, we'll change. But if the plan is right, and if, if like with Harbaugh, where Michigan, I think, stood firm with a lot of pressure, was they knew that Jim Harbaugh, above anything else, loves Michigan. Loves Michigan. Pay me nothing, I'll coach, almost, right? I mean, right, loves, right. And, uh, and a good example of that is you may or may not have heard of this, and it doesn't get enough attention, and it should, is he's got – if right now, if he wins the national – if he wins a natty, it's like over $2 million of bonuses. All bonuses are going to athletic department staff that had to take cuts and or lost jobs. Yeah, I saw that. During the COVID thing, right? That is being a, quote, Michigan man, and you can turn that into Marshall man, into Ohio State man. That's not, but, but in this case, we're talking about Michigan. Th th that's something there that when you have that kind of love and dedication for a program, you you foster that. I'm going to take that extra loss or two this year that I didn't want because nobody is going to come in and give the same dedication. I don't know. I'm not saying there wouldn't be, but I don't think there's anybody else out there that's going to give the kind of love and dedication to building Michigan football back to where it was than a Jim Harbaugh because he's very talented. But it's the love of Michigan, not the love of football by itself. It's the love of Michigan. There's nothing, nothing that he loves more. And so I think that I think in the business world, we we're, we're quick to. To, we we all have heard the statement said in different ways of you know don't blow up the don't blow up the goal just change the plan if the goal is right and if the goal at Michigan is to be back in the national picture every year which is where we used to be and where we should be right right you change that goal you just change the plan and how we get there and in his case we bring in the right kind of coaches and the right players we we change up you had said about the spread you remember when we had Rich Rodriguez the master. <laughs> That's going to anger a lot of West Virginians that I, that, that, that I, well, I'm not a West Virginia fan, so I don't care. I mean, it wasn't my coach. Yeah. We stole two guys there because we took, we took, took John Beeline too. from Yeah, exactly. But when the one problem, Rich is a great coach, but he come in and tried to run that wide open spread offense with a team that was developed to do four, four, 
four first downs. Four, yeah. right? That's what we had. So I think his mistake was not adapting at the time to this is what I will do, but I'm going to need three, four years to develop a new coaching staff maybe to bring in the recruits, the fast, you know, maybe 30-pound lighter linemen but are quick and fast. Uh, but I can't do it because I got these guys that are that, like at 900 pounds that are slow, right? But they, but, but they can take a guy off the line all day long. So let's well, every 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 college feels like that when they change the coach, that everything else is going to change and winning's going to start happening, and 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 that's kind of drifted over into the business world where you yeah. have, you know, and I worked for a company like that. I worked for a company where they would change leaders every year, every other year, expecting to get different results, and and what happened was the culture was still the same. The right. processes didn't change. The, 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 the things that, that the impediments to getting where we needed to go didn't change. But, you know, it was like, oh, we, we you know, a, a fresh leader, he's going to know that everything else is. And, and I'll say this before we take a break. The thing that I think hurt Rich Rod before he even walked in the door at Michigan was the way he left West Virginia. Right. If he had left the right way and did things the right way. I think he might've had better success at Michigan. And that's a great lesson for people that leave one organization and go to another, make sure you leave the right way. Make sure you make sure those internal customers make, make sure you're not napalming the bridge on your way out the door. So Randy, we, we could talk for hours about that, but I want to step aside, take another quick break because I want to leave space and room for you to tell your story. You got it. Buddy. And I loved your story. My guest, the, the host of the building wins podcast. You're going to want to dive into that. It's a weekly show that go live. We'll tell you more about that, but I want to save room for Randy's story. Randy Chafee joining me on the intentional encourager podcast back in just a moment. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton here. We are in the season of gift giving. Everywhere you go, whether you go to a store, you go online, the gifts are out to be gotten. I've got a gift idea for you I think you're going to love. It's my book, People Buy From People. Ten powerful people lessons from the ultimate people person, my dad. If you know someone that would love to be a better connector, or you want to help them get there, People Buy From People is for them. Leaders, if you've got teams that you want to connect better, deeper, powerful, both internally and externally, People Buy From People is for them. If you want to connect like you've never connected before, pick up a copy of People Buy From People. You might say, Brian, where do I get a copy? Very simple. Go to Amazon.com, search People Buy From People, Brian Sexton, you'll find it right there. There's also a Kindle version available and an Audible version read by me. Let me give you some intentional encouragement and go today, get your copy, People Buy From People. I promise you, you won't regret it. And now let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional Encourage Podcast. Randy, let's dive into your story. And again, I want to step out of the way, give you the space and room to tell your story because you've got an incredible story. And wow. what, what connected with me was the impact of your dad because the people that know this podcast know the impact of my dad. So tell me your story. Well, sure. Thank you. So, uh, so I was, uh, I was adopted at three days old. So my mom and dad were the only mom and dad. They were mom and dad. And, uh, they were very brutally honest. I say brutally, that's, that doesn't sound right, but, but, but honest right from the get go. Uh, I knew that I was adopted and I knew what that meant. Uh, from as early as I can remember. I, I, I don't remember what that age was, but it was early. And, uh, but as I grew up on the farm, we had 165 acres. My dad had a 165 acre farm in mid Michigan. And as I grew up with some sheep and the, and the, and the hogs and, 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 and some, a few milking cows and then cash crop, you know, I, I kind of learned that work ethic, right? You get up early, you go, and you know when you stop working, Brian, you stop working when the day's done, when, whenever you're done, not just because it's five o'clock or six o'clock or the sun's down. And so I, I learned a real work ethic. But what I really started learning about sales was I, I remember I remember two stories. One, the stick-to-itiveness is I think I was about, I want to say nine-ish, and uh, just got done with dinner with my, with my mom and dad, I was the only child, uh, 
and, and people know me well will say that they can tell I'm an only child because I have a little only child syndrome. <laughs> but uh, I'm not saying it's all about me, but it sort of is at times. Hey, but, Randy, uh, before you go there, let me ask you this. W- w- did you ever did you ever connect with your birth parents? Did you ever have a desire to to connect with your birth parents? Or, or you you pretty well knew that even though I wasn't naturally born to these to these folks that are my my parents, my mom and dad. I, I'm there, son. You had you, you didn't have any desire to to find your birth parents. You know, ninety nine percent no. Maybe that one percent that's always there, and and the only thing that keeps me from that, or has always kept me from that, on the one percent, is that um, my parents were. I could I I could not have going now and going backwards, could not have had a better set of parents ever. To me, it would be almost disrespectful. Maybe I'm wrong. It makes a lot of sense because a lot of people want to find their, you know, their birth parents because they're maybe brothers and sisters. And I, I, I have a friend of mine that, that just found her, her birth father, her biological father, mm-hmm. uh, a year or so ago and found out there's brothers and sisters that she never knew. And it's, it, it's, it's made everything whole, but some, I admire that stance because, uh, you know, being in a family, my youngest sister was adopted. We adopted her at two months old my parents did um my mom and dad always said whatever whatever you guys have she has as well she has equal equal place and so i i was just curious whether you had that desire to ever find your your birth parents i really haven't and uh it's and it's funny because with that you know families to me is growing up and and the relationships and the history you build not just biological there's a whole lot of biological stuff that goes on out there that has nothing to do with yeah, being mom yeah. and dad, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that that takes about that takes a, a a a couple too many drinks, the wrong time, wrong place, and all of a sudden you're a mom or dad, right? That's right. It had That's nothing right. to do with being family. And so, but I remember one evening we just got done with, and I still remember it, Brian, the Salisbury steak, mashed potatoes, corn, beans, bread, and a cake. My mom always made cake, chocolate frosting. And I always got to cut around the outside edge because the racial frosting to the cake was better. And so I always got to cut around the outside because I was the only child, so I got what I wanted, which is kind of cool. But yeah. anyway, yeah. my dad says, hurry up, we got, we, got, we got something to do. I go, okay, I'm always ready to go do something with dad. Jump up, fall him out the door. And he goes, go in the garage and get a couple hoes. Of course, I had my little hoe, you know, the garden hoe, and he, I got his. I said, where are we going, dad? And we lived across the road from my grandpa. Typical farm, right? Mm-hmm. And we're going out in the field. Okay. So we go out in the field. We start hoeing weeds between the beans rows. And I'm going, why are we doing this? Because you have a cultivator on the tractor, right? We, we, we run that. You just did that two days ago. Why are we doing this? Because there's weeds between, and this is our livelihood. And if we're going to do it, we do it right. I, I, you know, I don't want any weeds in there. You know, I want it to look right. We want to get the most profit back out of this field as we can. And the weeds will take energy or water and nutrients from the plants. And so there was a stick-to-itiveness of of, of, of paying attention to detail. But fast forward, uh, Brian, like I think I was probably 13. Yeah, I was probably 13 because I was able to drive the tractor on the farm. And we was planting seeds. And... uh, my dad was a, at that point in time was a seed corn dealer along with other things <clears throat> besides farming. And we had a dinner bell. I don't know if anybody, if people don't know, a dinner bell on the farm is a bell usually out on a pole, could be mounted on a house or a barn, and you just pull on it, ding, 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 right? And it was a way to call you to dinner back in the yeah, world. Yeah. Well, we used that because you didn't have cell phones or anything back in that time. Uh, my mom rang the dinner bell. Well, it's already past dinner. So storm's coming and we're trying to get the seeds planted right the dad we get the end and jump and pick up run back up to the house and says what's up and this guy named walt was a customer of my dad's for seeds and she said well walt called and he's out in the middle of the field and he's trying to get his seeds planted and he's he, he's like six bags short of, of seed corn and he goes okay he did tell you what he wanted he said he wants this whatever it was and so we head out to the shed where we stored the, the seeds for people, loaded them up, put them in the pickup, jumped into my dad. We're riding down the road, and I goes, Dad, so why are we doing this right now? Because, and he goes, well, because, says, Walt's counting on us. I said, I know, but 
we have a rainstorm coming here too. And we got to get our seeds in. But he said, but son, you got to understand when I committed to be Walt's seed dealer, I committed to being his seed dealer, which means if he needs me, I'm going to be there and he's counting on us. Obviously it didn't, at the, I say, obviously it probably, I took that as a kid. Okay. It's still many, many, many years later, it's still in my head, right? That when, when you commit to a customer, in, in our case, as sales guys, um, when we commit to a customer that, uh, that, that would you please do business with me and I'm going to take care of you, that's a commitment we have to take serious uh, because uh, they could go to a lot of other people. Everything that I sell today, you can buy. I mean, I got all the little, I mean, I, mean, I can give you the, the, all the 114 reasons why my screw's better than the next guy. I can give you all that, that, that features and Benny stuff, right? The, the horse, the, the dog and pony stuff, if you want it all day long, as good as yes, anybody. Yeah. Everybody else's screw, for example, will still hold the metal on the roof, okay? What you're buying is me. What will I do for you? Will I be there when you need me? Am I committed to you? And that's where I learned that was from that night. Uh, it stuck. It didn't probably at the time because I'm a kid, but obviously it stuck because I'm talking about it today. And uh, I, I think we, we forget, some sales guys forget, and, and new guys forget, I think, it's not just the commission. It's not just getting the sale. It's well, sales way. guys are not in it for the long haul. Typically, today, young people want instantaneous gratification. That's what I've said. You know, in 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 my twenty six and a half years of customer engagement and, and customer experience, nobody wants to play the long game anymore. You know, if you don't get an instant reaction, or if you can't have a quick close cycle, then then nobody wants it. Um, I love that story that you told about your dad. Um, did you, did you always kind of think that you would follow kind of in the family business? Was that the plan or did your dad want you to do, because my dad wanted me to go to college. My dad told me, he said, you're going to go to college because I've missed out on a ton of sales jobs because I didn't have a degree and you're going to go to college. What, what was the plan for you? Did you want to follow in your dad? Cause you mentioned as a little kid, you said when your dad was going out in the field, you know, you wanted to tag along right there with him. Was the plan for you to st to farm yourself or, or did your dad want you to take another course of direction? Well, I think if he would have stayed and I love farming, I mean, I love the farming community. Um, but I don't think Brian, that was probably something that I wanted to do for life. Uh, I did it for a while, but my dad got involved with the seeds as a sales guy as my first uh, involvement was selling. And then he got into uh, to selling uh, metal siding, which I'm involved with today. He got involved with uh, with farm buildings, those kind of things. So I did the whole working on the crew uh, type of thing. But I soon figured out that that's not really what I want to do forever. And so I said, can I, can I go sell for you? And he said, yeah, we can try that. And so that's where I got my feet wet was, was selling, you know, in home with farmers, selling them uh, – you know, grain bins and some of those kind of things, uh, uh, post frame buildings, uh, metal siding for their barns, those sort of things. And then I, I did that for several years with them. And then I, uh, when, when there's a real downturn in, in the economy for the ag industry, that sort of became not sustainable anymore. And I went to work for a lumber chain and was a, a, a assistant manager uh, selling same sort of stuff. Then I became a purchasing agent for several years, buying in that industry. Do you ever look back, Randy, and regret? Do you ever have any regret that the economy kind of forced you and your dad into separate paths? Do you, do you oh. kind of wish? Do you kind of? The, the reason I ask that is, and and I love the dynamic, and and there's a lot of connective tissue with the with the story that I have. Is that my long term plan was? You know, I was going to work, go to work for the company my dad worked for. He would retire or semi-retire. I would kind of move up and, and me and my boss would kind of take this thing to the next level. And it didn't, it didn't materialize that way. But I, I, as you were, as you were talking about that, that's the first thing that, that popped into my mind was, do you have any regret that, that it didn't work kind of the way 
that you thought it would, because a lot of family businesses, a lot of times when a, a daughter follows a father or, or a son follows and they go into the family business or they work with their parents, it's either really good or really bad. Right. And, and I can tell, and, and folks, you can tell if you're watching this on YouTube, there's a great, you can just tell in Randy's facial expressions, the deep love and respect he had for his dad and, and the, the work that he did. So that's why I wanted to ask that Randy, because, you know, there's a lot of times where, you know, parents and kids are better off not working together. Right. And there are times that it's like, it, it becomes a beautiful thing when, when parents and children work together. You know, it's, it's funny. I, I, that, that answer goes two ways. In a, in a, there's a big part of me that would have liked to have continued doing that with my dad because we got along great. Uh, I enjoyed every day of it. Uh, but there was always, for me, what's the next step that I was not going to be able to do in this little local farm business? And and I had a drive and a desire to, and I think he, and, and I think that's important as I, as I raise my kids and I've got grandkids and even a great grandson was little, but is, man, you just got to, sometimes you got to get out of the way as a parent or a grandparent and set the guidance, set the template. But he never once ever did I feel, I mean, not even 1% of a, boy, I really like you to stay here on and do this with me, son. Not at all. If you want to go do your thing, I'll support you hundred percent. Go do what you want to do. I'm always here. Uh, is there times that to look back and say, would it have been fun to have maybe done more of that with him? Yes. But I'm not really a backwards thinker. And so, you know, everything that I've, and there's been trials and tribulations, believe me, none of, none of us gets through this stuff without issues, but I, I just enjoy the, I, be, I enjoy the road I've been on. And I really truly feel that everything that I've, I've accomplished uh, I, I, you know, he's, he's been gone now for 25 years. Yeah. And I think yeah. he's still very proud of me. So I was going to uh, ask you that I, I was going to, because I'm always fascinated when, when fathers and sons or daughters and dads or, or mothers and sons, mothers and daughters have these relationships. I had one with my dad. And I think a lot of times, you know, how would my dad have reacted and things like that? So let me ask you, how do you think your dad would have looked at your sales career if, if he were here today? What, how, how would he, do you kind of ever think of how that conversation might be if he had looked at your sales career as he, as he did business a certain way and he took care of people a certain way? Do you ever think about how he would have looked at your sales career? I do. And you know what, Brian, I think, and he was a very uh, calm, quiet person, much more so than I. And uh, I think you just said, you know, you done good, son. That's what I think you just said. And that's all I need. You know, it, it knowing that 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 he's, I I know he's proud of what I do, and that's good enough. You know, nothing nothing else. I don't need, you know, a couple little awards setting over here and all these things. Eh, whatever. Thank you. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Appreciate it. Right. But, you know, uh, he, he's, I know he's very proud of what I do. And, uh, and I know that he feels a, a part of that because, uh, he really did. Uh, I, I can honestly say, I, th I think I'd have done okay on my own, but, uh, I've done way more than okay because of the training, the teachings, and, and, and then I always, I, I never want to disappoint him. Right. Yeah. That was yeah. an important thing. And, and he was very good about making sure that he never yelled. He never, okay. That's, that's not correct. He yelled one time when I was told like seven times to quit playing with the horseshoe that was hanging on a wall over a, an old farmer that was sitting there and they were talking until I finally knocked the horseshoe off and hit the farmer on the head and he had to take him to the hospital. Yeah, that one I hid in the basement for a while. <laughs> I understand that. You you mentioned overcoming trials and tribulations and and if you would care to share with with us the the biggest obstacle 
that you faced in your life and, and how you overcame it and the lesson that you took from it? I think, and, and, and yeah, I can do that because I know what it was and it wasn't that bad. I mean, I, I, it's not like some people had, I'm sure. But when I was in a position where I needed, my dad and I needed to not do what we're doing. And so I needed a job. And I, I, I called in some favors and people I knew and, and, and got a job at a, at a lumber company. Great people. It's a great experience. I got into purchasing. I learned a lot about being on the other side of the desk. But I also learned that's not where I want to be. The, the call of the road, if you will, the, the putting deals together, making stuff happen, help people a profit and, and, and make a better life for themselves and their business is really where I wanted to be. So, you know, I, I, I probably spent, we talked about in, in, a, in the football analogy a little bit ago, I probably spent four to five years longer taking that leap back because the, the, the problem sometimes we get into in life is you got family and you got little kids and they're in sports and you're doing all yeah, this stuff yeah. and I got car payments and I got all this stuff and I, I just, this is, I got this versus the unknown of, of going out on your own, right. And doing something different. And that held me back for a few years, but I was miserable, not because it was a bad company or anything like that at all. It just wasn't who Randy is. I, I just a, I'm just a sales guy at heart. And, and so the, 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 the day finally hit, was, when, when, when a guy came in the office and wanted to talk to me about a, a rep that he was less than impressed with what was going on. So this was a VP of sales or whatever, director of sales, whatever he was at the time. And it was funny as I said, well, before you even go down that road of fishing for information, because I don't want this to sound like it would sound. Yeah, any interest in, I, I would love to talk to you about a job. I want to get out of this. I want to, and he goes, Okay, let's just skip all that and get to what do you want to do? And so I, I, I there, there's times that I guess a message I took out of that, and I would, I would throw out to folks listening, is it's scary sometimes, but man, life's long and life's short at the same time. And boy, you got to be doing something you love and you're engaged in and you want to do. And, and, and I was not engaged. I did not love it. And again, that's no disrespect to the place I was at. Good people just was not the right fit for me. And man, you just got to be in the right fit. And sales is not for everybody, but if, if you're in a sales and you love it, um, th there's just no place better to be. And I knew, I knew deep down that's right. I, I had to get back. Yeah. So yeah. that was probably the biggest trial because other than that, it, my life hasn't been that awful, but uh, it, you know, obviously losing a mom and a dad was not cool. But uh, especially when you're an only child, because you got nobody else at that point. But um, other than a wife's and stuff, but you know, still it's not quite sure. Uh, but 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 it's it's being in the wrong to to live 10, 15, 20, 30 a lifetime where you don't belong is 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 not cool. And 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 I made up my mind early on that I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I, I the little thing I say sometimes at the end of my shows and stuff. And I put a lot of posts that I do on social media, love what you do, do what you love. You, you gotta love what you do and do what you love. And if yeah, you don't, yeah. you, you gotta fix it. There's many ways to fix it. Does that mean leave what you do? Maybe. Or does it mean try to figure out how to massage and fix what you're doing so that you do start loving it. But to go 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years of not loving what you do, I, that's, I, I can't think of anything, almost anything worse. Well, there's a lot of people that, that will say, well, I can't give up my seniority. I can't, you know, I, and I've had conversations with family members that have been in places a long time. And they were like, well, I've got all this seniority built up. And I said, but you're giving up the opportunity cost to do something else that may be more rewarding and maybe more financially rewarding. And you're trading security for it. You know, when nothing in this life, and we found out that companies that that have promised pensions to, to employees are now all of a sudden saying no more pensions. You know, if you if you work for a company that has a pension, Randy, 
you're in that minute, very, very small percentage. And I, I just love what you said there because a lot of folks, I, I think out there, and if we can encourage you, you know, I would say, you know, be very careful what you trade security for. Right. Because security is, is a fleeting thing. Randy, I, I, we, again, we could go for hours, but I want to be respectful of your time and the audience's time. Leave us with your biggest piece of intentional encouragement. You know, it's, it's, I'll say three things. Another thing that I say quite often, and, and I believe it, live it, love it, and own it. You got to take your life, you got to live your life, you got to love your life, and you got to own your life. You can put that in any word, any way you want to put it. Own it, love it, live it. I don't care how you put it, but live it, love it, own it. You just got to go out and do what you love to do. Try to be the best you can. Take care of people. Treat people the you know some of these are old school stuff that we all know, but but we, it gets forgotten. Just just yeah. treat people yeah. right, because if you treat people right, um, ninety, well into the ninety percent of people will treat you right back. Yeah, and they exactly. just will. So just just do what's right, and 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 you and you're going to win every day. And winning in life, and that's you know we talk about my show, uh, building wins life, which thank you by the way, a little plug. You're going to be on and. Few weeks i forget what date i can't said. wait yeah i can't wait and we're going to continue this conversation and only we're going to reverse it but it's it's all about building wins and building wins you should look at every day get up in the morning look in the mirror and go am i going to be mediocre or am i going to be amazing today and then just go out and and, and be amazing and and build wins every day because building wins i've had people say to me brian out and then we'll finish this because i know we're short on time my concept of building wins doesn't mean just building sales wins. You build wins in life. You throw wins on a virtual wind pile, saying to your wife in the morning, hey, baby, God, you look very nice this morning. Uh, or, or calling Uncle Al that you haven't talked to in, 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 in three months and say, hey, I just, real quick, you, you okay? How you, all those things are wins, right? Yeah. So yeah. just keep building wins. If you do that, you know, you'll, you'll find ways to enjoy what you do. And as long as you enjoy what you do, life is good. Man, this has been such a great conversation, Randy. Tell folks how they can connect with you. They can find the Building Wins podcast. Uh, you know, I want to give you this time to let folks know how they can it. connect with you. I appreciate it. We we broadcast live on uh, on Facebook, 3 p.m. Eastern time on uh, most Fridays. Sometimes we do some uh, some um, special editions also, and sometimes I do some things from trade shows and that. But uh, and also on YouTube, uh, it's always available on replay as well as uh, as a live show. Uh, you can find me on, on most of the uh, social medias uh, under my name, Randy Chafee. Uh, Source One Marketing is my rep agency. You can find me that way. Um, and I love connecting with people. And uh, if anything at all made any tiny, slight little sense to anybody, anybody, I, I, love, I love to chat about this. So if anybody goes, geez, I'm a young guy, and I just love to know what you crazy old guys have been doing all these years, reach out. You know, I, I love, love talking about sales and building business, and building wins. So, well, you've, you've, you've gotten the, you've gotten two crazy old guys that have talked for now for, for a, an hour or so, but this has been such great conversation. Randy Chafee, I appreciate you joining me today on the Intentional Encourager podcast. I appreciate being here, my friend, very much. Thank you. My thanks as always to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Means. And of course, the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. If you're not subscribed to the Intentional Encourager podcast, hit the subscribe button wherever you get podcasts so you don't miss an exciting episode where you can get encouraged and stay encouraged. And remember, anyone, anywhere, at any time, any place can be an intentional encourager.